And a very good morning to you. Welcome along. It is the gardening programme here on Midwest Radio. Uh, sadly to say, the final gardening programme for the moment. For the moment. For, just the, for moment. the summer. A small little break. A small little break. I'm back again in September, September 6th, right through to the end of November. So we'll be doing the autumn show. Oh, I better mark uh, that in my diary. So. Better, yeah, yeah, make sure you're here. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, today is the last programme for the summer and uh, so normally we take July and August off, a little bit of a rest break. Okay, we're going to start off though, not with gardening this morning because there are special birthday celebrations There is in indeed. My, my, my dad actually, tonight we celebrate his 80th year, 80 years. Wow. Uh, he's still fit and healthy and still gardening every day. Maybe and that's the secret. That, that could be the secret to it. A man that doesn't smoke, a man that doesn't drink, but right. loves his gardening. And uh, funny enough, he is, it's a, he's a man, Sean, never learned how to drive either. Wow. And, and walked everywhere all his life. Well, that's and, probably more and than Sean now. Yeah, absolutely. So, so a, he- a healthy and, and uh, hearty man, still gardening every, every day, and comes from a long lineage of gardeners. His mum, uh, Sarah Hurst, Sarah Horkin, was a great gardener as well. And his dad, Paddy Horkin, was a, a super garden okay. gardener. And uh, his brothers and sisters, Eamon and Patsy, and, and all his brothers and sisters are keen gardeners as well. So it it follows through maybe in the lineage somewhere. Well, obviously it does work. So it isn't <laughs> off the wind. As no, the it's not off the grass. <laughs> I took it. So I want to wish him well. He tunes in every Saturday morning. So we're going to celebrate his life and, and uh, his good health and, and his cheer and his advice, of course, to us all on a regular basis tonight. Um, and uh, for over the next couple of weeks, we're going to continue the celebrations. Well, so. rightly so. Well, Sean, good morning to so you. Good morning to him. And happy birthday indeed. Yes. And we'll have a good night tonight. It sounds like you have something special <laughs> planned. Yes, absolutely. <gasps> so Very there you good. go. Pork, so, uh, in weather-wise, morning, this morning's fab altogether. But beautiful. it's been a pretty damp week by and large. But no harm. I mean, the, the, the rainfall that we've had is, is great. You know, the fact that it comes like that, kind of a heavy deluge is great because the, the soil needed that. Lawns were beginning to, the growth was beginning to slow up a small bit. The edges of lawns, people would have seen the kind of yellowing coming into plants. Um, so things, the, cr- the soil was beginning to crack in places, mm-hmm. believe it or not. So, yes, it, it was getting just that little tad dry. So that rain, rain during the week was absolutely very well welcomed. And now we're going to see with the humid weather, the good weather right through till Wednesday or Thursday of next week. Really, really strong growth. So there's a lot to be done. This is a good couple of days now to really get back into the garden and just kind of, again, tidy it up, get control of it, start feeding plants because with that moisture, with the growth that's going to come now, it's it's a perfect time to do a number of, of different jobs. And seeing as the last programme, I thought I might as well send you off with a, a list of things to do. And actually, to be honest, Pork, uh, you'll, and you'll know this yourself, this is the first weekend I've had in True. a long time to uh, tackle all those outside jobs because other things have been dominating time. Uh, so you may give me so a this, full list, this list and is I will for you. happily go out and do it today. <laughs> well, I was looking at the lawns and I think the lawns in particular, you're at the time of year when lawns need to be trimmed every week. So every seven days you need to keep on top of the lawns because a lot of the, even the grass seed, grass begins to produce seed itself and a lot of the weeds will produce seed if it's if it's neglected. So make sure you keep on top of, of the lawn. You will notice it will grow very rapidly. But it's also a good time to feed the lawn. Again, with the moisture levels that are there, this is the time of year when we give the lawn the second application of feed. And all you need is a straight lawn fertiliser. There's no need for weed killer or moss killer in it. So get yourself just a straight bag of lawn fertiliser. That will green it up without forcing it and it will keep the colour in the grass and help to get it to knit in and form a really 
tight sward before the autumn period and that helps to prevent moss as we go into the winter period. The other thing I've noticed a lot of, there is quite a bit of weed growth at the moment. There so is, yeah. Buttercups, daisies, dandelions, um, plantain in particular, speedwell, clover is beginning to show its head because again the grass had slowed down up to last weekend. Um, so those sort of weeds, this is a good time to put a treatment on to eliminate weeds. So particularly if you feed and use a weed control at the same time, you'll help to eliminate a lot of the weeds at this time of year. So in terms of lawn, that's the type of thing I would be doing. And again, if you need to repatch or resod an area, this is a good time to put down fresh lawn seed because again, the moisture levels are there, the heat is there. And within certainly seven or eight days, the grass will germinate and start to fill in. It's also a really good time to put in new lawns. So again, the soil is still workable. It's still um, easy to dig over and till, but also there's enough moisture there to get seed to germinate. So if you're thinking of putting in a new lawn or repatching an area, Mm. then certainly I would be doing it um, over the next week or 10 days. And again, bear in mind that we are going to get rain Thursday, Friday of next week. So anything you're doing at the moment will, you know, you're setting it up for that. The other key thing I'll be doing at the moment is feeding plants. So feeding shrubs, feeding roses, um, feeding herbaceous plants, plants like lupins and delphiniums that are in full flower, give them a bit of energy now. And again, with the moisture and content in the soil and with the rain that's going to come, that fertilizer, I fed a few of my own plants actually last Saturday and I was looking at them last night and the fertilizer has already been washed in. So even with that bit of rain we had this week, it's, it's amazing how quickly the fertilizer gets washed in. And are you seeing almost immediate results You will. Then, you, you'll or? see growth will uh, is actually has started now already on, on the plants. So it's a good time to feed plants in general um, and just give them that kind of second boost. The other thing I would be looking at is the other d- job I did during the week uh, was picking the gooseberries. So they're ready for picking. Um, so over the next couple of week days over the next seven or eight days start picking the fruit because the birds are going to get it otherwise right and so pick the gooseberries blackcurrants aren't just ready yet but they will probably by next weekend and just fruit in general blueberries strawberries kick keep picking those that now because they'll go over very quickly with the heat um, and start putting them into jams or whatever so i'd harvest those back and the other tip when taking the fruit off them is to prune them back at the same time so, you know, take the stem of the gooseberry bush and actually prune out the stem that contains all the fruit and take the fruit off. So you're pruning the plants back and you're also taking the fruit from them. And that's a, another, when we prune, we feed. So put a, a dressing of fertiliser on them. Loop, plants like lupins and many of the spring flowering plants, the flowering brooms, red currant flowering, red currant, foxgloves, wallflowers, the blue aubretia that was in flower earlier on, candy tuft, that lovely white iris. Mm-hmm. Any of those plants that have flowered for us over the spring period need to be pruned back. So lupins are just beginning to, it would go over. There's still plenty of colour in them. So don't cut all the flowers off, but cut off anything that's producing seed. So start to deadhead plants. Same with your roses. If the flowers are beginning to go over, take off the deadheads because that straight away stimulates new flower and a new mm-hmm. colour. And you're extending the flower period. So again, when you're deadheading, it's a good time to feed as well. Roses are brilliant at the moment, really flowering well. And, and it's still a great time to plant roses to put roses into the garden. And it's a great time to go to the local garden centre and look at the roses because they're in full flower. I did a feature on Wednesday on TV3 um, on roses and I was showing some of the best varieties. And, uh, you know, it's great to see them 
in full flower, you can smell the roses, you can see the habit and, and height that they grow to. And, so the, yeah, and the size of the actual flower as exactly. well. Exactly. And, and you know, people have different mm-hmm. likes in terms of the flower, the different types of, of roses. So it's a great time to select roses, a great time to plant roses. And roses in general need sort of a bit of TLC at this time of year, a little bit of, uh, of pest and disease control, and also feeding at this time of year, and a little bit of deadheading. Because if you look after them, they will flower up till late November, December, often into Christmas as they did last year. So it's well worth worth just looking after them at this time of year. And again, this type of weather where we get plenty of sunshine with rain to follow, Mm. it's perfect rose weather. Weather, Yeah, you're going to get lots, tons and tons of colour from them. And regular deadheading and regular feeding just keeps that show going. The veg garden as well, um, you know, probably a lot of the early crops are ready for picking now. Things like radishes, even carrots, you could start thinning some of the mm-hmm. uh, younger carrots now and using them and that'll help to kind of extend the season. But the other thing in the veg garden is to sow some seed. And again, I think I mentioned this for the last couple of weeks that the temperatures at the moment are just perfect from for sowing seed in general. So vegetable seed, herb seed, even flower seed for flowering next Mixture. year. It's a great time to put seed into the garden. The other thing that's growing are the weeds, of course. Weeds like chickweed, clickweed, um, groundsel, all of those are germinating very rapidly. Again, you may have looked, taken care of them a, couple, a fortnight yeah. ago, but with this they're rain, back. of course they're back and they're germinating very rapidly. So get on top of those now in your flower beds and borders. Mm. Get out the garden hoe um, and get scuffle those out now before they become a problem because it's amazing how quickly chickweed in particular will take over a veg garden or right. a bed and it's very difficult to get rid of it once it's got very well established whereas a little bit of work put in now hand weeding or hoeing will will control the problem before it starts you're really just nipping it in the bud slugs are going to be a feature again with the damp weather okay. so they're back out in the evening time which that's that's probably one for you <laughs> <laughs> it is if there's anything left ah, no, no, no. actually I have a few things that are growing grand um, but they well, keep, and it, was, it hasn't because they got a huge amount of care over the last couple of weeks but I did give them a feed so I thought that, that'll have to do them yeah. but uh, I'm, I'm when I go out I go oh gosh well the slugs have been have a, had a field day well just there. keep an eye for but, plants when yeah, you get this so far so good yeah and, yeah. and it's just with, again with the moisture level and particularly with the rain coming mm. at the latter part of next week just keep an eye on that as well so they're the type of things dear I mean there's lots of things well you can there's be doing, lots there Porek I'll just, tell you that'll keep us going for quite a while so they're the type of, of yeah key jobs but mm. you know in general it's it's great planting weather it's great great you know putting in new lawns sowing seed of plants even planting plants hanging baskets for example a lot of people are looking at hanging baskets up already and yep. thinking maybe it's a, bit, a tad too late to do their own it's not oh, right through for the next two to three weeks you can still plant up hanging baskets window boxes planted containers because remember that the colour will last again till the end of November so there's at least four months of colour to go, be got from plants and by planting them up at this time of the year they actually grow very rapidly so within two weeks you'll be surprised how well the basket That's fills yeah. out so it's, it's still you've still plenty of time to put in bedding plants colour perennial plants to add them to the garden soil but to do up containers with colour or even to do them up with some vegetable plants you know some lettuce some radishes um, plants are available now for planting and within two weeks you'd be yeah. amazed that they'll be nearly ready for picking because the growth you, is that rapid. As you were saying last week, uh, you know, the key to the longevity side of things is to make sure you feed them and water them. Feed them reg- reg- with the baskets and containers. That's the secret. Regular watering, re- regular feeding and that just keeps the colour going right through to the end of the summer. 
Okay, well now if that doesn't keep us busy, I I don't I don't know what will. <laughs> Not quite actually. No, I'm sorry because uh, as this morning is the last uh, program before the summer break, uh, we have huge amount of questions in. If you do have something urgent for Porrick, you might let us know. Oh eight seven nine hundred forty one forty one is the text with thanks to CNC Cellular, and uh, we'll keep Teresa busy on phones as well on oh eight one eight three thousand fifty five or Garden at MidwestRadio.ie if you want to drop us a little email over the next half hour or so. We are going to take a short break and then we are going to come to questions. Now you're very welcome back. 20 minutes just gone past nine o'clock. Loads of questions. Just going to move the computer around here so we can read this one, Porek. Uh, from Luke in on an email. So this is on foot of information we, are you, sorry, let me clarify that, gave last week. Um, so uh, Luke says, thanks very much for the tips on getting the pond restarted after years of neglect. He took the plunge and cleaned out the pond last weekend. Now he's added the fresh start liquid as suggested. The pond looks great and also he's added some fish and would like to know what kind of plants uh, and what types should he plant now that will complement the fish. Yeah, well, the, the, the main thing with, with, with doing any pond is to introduce the plants slowly. And again, with fish, when you're adding fish, just add a, a small amount, one or two, just to get the pond started and you can build it up over, over a period. Um, the sort of plants I would be adding would be, first of all, with fish in, in the pond, would be oxygenators. Mm-hmm. So there's a, a very good one called Elodia, Elodia crispa, which is a, an, oxygen, an oxygenating plant. It produces oxygen in the water. So that'd be really good for the fish. And you simply just drop the Elodia into the water and it starts to grow. It feeds itself off, off the water. It, it's not even actually potted. So it, it just lives off the water and the, and the, actually it'll help to uh, absorb some of the fish waste as well. So the two, the plant will actually work very well with the fish. It's a symbiotic and, one. Yeah, that's the word. That's the word. So so elodia is very good. Water lilies will be great as well because they'll help to cover off the surface of the water and uh, cut down the sunlight, which is one of the things you need to be looking at. Um, and then some of the marginal plants, which go generally on the shelf around the edge of the pond. So get yourself a selection of... Lilies are generally deep watered, so you, they'll go into the centre of the pond. Mm. Um, elodia, you j- simply just drop it in. And then the marginals, like irises, will f- go around the very edge of the pond on the shelf of the pond so in typical pond I'd be putting in maybe six or eight plants and then you can build that up add maybe a couple of plants then um, you know once a month maybe add another two or three plants depending on the uh, size of the pond and then gradually add additional fish and you'll help to build it up the other thing is maybe later on then is to treat that water with barley straw treatment and that'll help to keep the green algae from it so again just prevent the algae particularly if we get bright weather like we're having at the moment so it's getting that balance between fish plant life and then using some of the treatments the natural treatments like the barley straw just to keep it clean Okay, sounds lovely and uh, best of luck with the pond uh, Luke now um, a problem with five fatsia shrubs am I pronouncing that right? excellent fatsia you see I'm learning something sitting here every Saturday morning the leaves are very pale Porik the very pale shade of green they've been sown about three months ago Uh, Julia's wondering what might be the problem well the first thing Julia the the, the fatsia japonica is the castor oil plant it's actually a plant that would grow out of doors or indoors and it's a plant that likes a shaded location so in in shade you tend to have a very dark green leaf Um, in bright sun the leaf tends to be lighter in colour the new growth is lighter anyway Okay. so the new growth of Fatsia japonica has a lighter more kind of a a palish green colour now the yellowing if it's yellow then it's hungry and you need to give it a bit of feed. And, and fatsias would be reasonably hungry plants because of huge big leaves, very large leaves. They're as big as a dinner plate. Um, and the plant itself will grow 
six, seven feet in height. It'll grow something similar in diameter. So it's quite a big, chunky plant, quite a vigorous plant and a hungry plant. Good, it's a good plant for a spot indoors, Sh- by the sounds of it, if you, were looking, if you were looking to fill a space. Absolutely. Really easy plant to grow. Castor oil plant. Um, simple, easy, a good plant for shade, indoors or out of doors. Um, and a really nice plant because mm. it's evergreen and retains the foliage all year round. Right. Uh, so my guess is the yellowing is a, is a sign that it's a little bit hungry. Remember that the young growth is going to be lighter green than the darker foliage. So that's to be expected. As long as the plant is growing well, there's lots of new growth. It's in a couple of weeks. Is that what yeah, Julie said? Yeah, uh, three weeks. Three oh, weeks. no, three months. Three months. Oh, three months. Sorry, well, then yeah. I'd be, you know, it should have put on at least a foot of growth at, at this stage. The young growth will be a different shade to the darker leaves, but it's a good time, like I said at the top of the programme, to give them a feed anyway. Yeah. And uh, castor oil are hungry plants, so... Okay, so that's all that's doing. Yeah, and and you often get, particularly if it's in a bright, sunny location, the leaves can be very bright, kind of yellowish in colour, just by the bleaching of the sun. So it is a better it is better to grow it in a shaded location. Having said that, it will grow in in a bright location, but the leaves will be a different colour. Colour, right? Okay, so fairly adaptable plant. It is. It's a really good. It's a super plant and really easy to grow, and uh, will adapt both indoor and outdoor. Great. Strawberries, lots of strawberries out. I've had some delicious ones yeah, over the last the couple moment. of weeks. Um, now, a listener has plenty. They've set the new ones this year. They've plenty of greenery, but very little fruit. Uh, they're inside in a tunnel um, and they are wondering what might be the problem. No flowers, is it? No flowers or fruit? Uh, no fruit. Very little no fruit. fruit. So okay. I suppose probably, probably very little flowers, flowers as a result. And lots of green foliage. Yeah. <clears throat> right. Well, the thing with strawberries is when you buy strawberries and you plant them up, they need a chill period. They need to be outside, a cold period in the springtime to initiate flower buds. If you plant them up and put them into a tunnel or a greenhouse straight away, mm-hmm. you tend to get masses of leaves and very little flower and hence very little fruit. And particularly if the tunnel or greenhouse is kept closed for long periods, if it gets very warm, very humid, it just in- encourages the plant to produce lots of foliage at the expense of flower. So strawberries need that chill period cool when I say chill. It's a cold spell in the springtime. Uh, So they're better left out till about the end of March, early April, and then brought back into the greenhouse or tunnel. So there's nothing you can do with them now, really. I would actually cut back some of that foliage from the plant and kind of tidy them up and grow them on, certainly, if you want, in in the tunnel for the rest of, of this year. But next winter, put them outside for the winter period. That'll help to initiate flower buds. Bring them back then in April into the tunnel and greenhouse and you'll get yourself a wonderful crop. The other key thing with strawberries is not to feed them until they start to produce their fruit. So neglect them a little bit because you again tend to favour foliage growth rather than flower growth if you're feeding them too early in the spring. Great. So keep them hungry until the fruit, fruit starts, starts to flower, to flower and, and fruit and then by all means start feed liquid away. feeding them maybe once a fortnight. Now we have a listener with a blue wisteria. Lovely. It's just finished flowering. They're okay. wondering should they cut it back now or should they feed it or what should they do with it? Okay and, and they were wonderful this year. They were really really good. Wisteria um, flowered brilliantly and it's still a great time actually to plant them in the garden. Um, they, 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 they tend to put on a lot of whippy growth. Very very long whippy um, growth from now until about about the end of July or the August and it's at that time of year that you prune wisteria so the thing to do with it at the moment is just to leave it alone Mm -hmm. by all means you can give it a little bit of a feed if you wish Um, but around the end of July first week of August cut back that whippy growth to about six inches from the main stem. So you'll shorten it back by maybe two and a half to three feet. Mm. So they tend to produce these spiralling whippy type growth maybe three feet long. That should be shortened back to about a foot in length 
all that whippy growth and the time to do it is the first week of August. So feed them now, uh, high potash feed like a rose feed and then prune them on the first week of August. Great stuff. Now, uh, somebody has spit-like substance on the stems of their ladies' mantle plants. It mm. looks bad. Uh, would you, they'd like a suggestion how to remove it or what do you suggest? There's another very, very easy plant to grow. Do you know that one? The ladies' mantle. No, I have to be making a note of all that's these a, easy ones. That's a, that's, it's a really nice <laughs> one. Well, it's, 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 it can become a weed as well because it, oh, te- well, now. it, serves, well, it tends to sell seed. Right. So it's great for ground cover. If you have a bank or a slope or a large area you want to cover, then ladies' mantle is a, is a really great plant. Um, big big leaves uh, kind of yellowish flowers but it tends to spread it will spread mm. um, and, and spread very rapidly now the cuckoo spit is, is what the it's listener right. is talking about right. so that's that's a little insect that produces this spit like substance around the base around itself to protect itself from predators um, and you'll see it in lots of trees and shrubs it won't do any real harm uh, I know it looks it can look a bit unsightly and if you want to get rid of it simply get the hose and hose it down and if you want, you can use a light um, application of, of something like bug, bug clear to get rid of the issue. But hosing them down generally gets rid of the problem. Or if you want, you can use it. If it's very heavy, you can use light insecticide. But in general, the cuckoo spit does very little damage to the plant. It's just feeding on, on uh, the top end of the stems and really won't do huge damage unless it's very, very heavy. Right. But you'll see it on gooseberry plants. You'll see it on berber shrubs. You'll see it on lots of plants this time of year. So it's more unsightly, I think, than, than anything than else. Than anything else. It's yeah. not really doing any damage. It isn't such. really, no. So just hose it off if you wish and, and you can use a light application of bug clear which will get rid we'll of the problem if, if it's heavy. Now, somebody's inspired by the lovely morning this morning. They okay. say they fancy which growing some of their own plants from slips. Yeah. Can this be done now or better left to later on? And also, can we sow any flower seeds now? Well, seeds you can certainly sow. Again, uh, you know, any of the spring flowering plants like the wallflowers, the sweet williams, double daisies, forget-me-nots, mm-hmm. winter flowering pansies, spring flowering pansies, they can be all sown from seed at this time of year, both indoors and out of doors. Um, all the veg seed can be, can be sowed at this time of year as well for, for autumn use. In terms of taking cuttings, the time of year really is the end of June, early July, which is now, is a good time to take softwood cuttings. And also November. They're the kind of the two periods in the in the year when cuttings can be taken. At this time of year, you're taking small, um, new this year's growth, really. Uh, so plants like Lavateria, Potentillas, Hypericums, Fuchsia, uh, all of those plants can be propagated, hydrangeas, from, from cuttings at this time of year. Even roses can be propagated this time of year. So you're taking a six-inch cutting, you're removing the flowers and foliage, you're dipping it into a bit of rooting powder, putting it into a bit of compost, half perlite, half compost, plastic bag over the top, and the root in about four to six weeks. Great stuff. So well worth having, well having worth a having go. Well worth having a go. Yeah. Uh, and do they need to keep them uh, covered under polythene or anything like well, that? Well, if you, if you or, cover or, them with a polythene bag, yeah. like a, a milky bag, and sit them on a windowsill, that's the perfect environment because that'll help to keep the moisture around the cutting and keep it, uh, keep it moist until it roots. But they generally root very rapidly at this time of year. You know, so four to six weeks, you generally have the plant. You'll notice, you know, you just lift the cutting and, and you'll see the bit of yeah. Yeah. yeah, so certainly it can be done now. Now, uh, a laurel hedge question. <laughs> Um, recently planted a laurel hedge and it has new growth on top about 12 inches should they cut it back to encourage new growth near the root and more or when and how should it be done also can they use the cuttings with rooting powder uh, somewhere else Uh, this is from Hannah who enjoys the programme every weekend so what did I say last week Uh, oh do trim them back trim them back yeah trim them back quick 
<laughs> yeah, trim them back. So so if, if they've made 12 inches of growth, take six inches off that now and that'll help to thicken them out. Give them a feed as well. So give them something like the Pro 6 feed, which again will encourage new growth. And so what we were trying to do by trimming them back is to get them to fill in and get nice and bushy and full. The cuttings, that six inch cutting that you take, you can pr- propagate it as a cutting as I described uh, in the previous question. Uh-huh. So again, just strip off all the leaves apart from one at the very top, a little bit of rooting powder, put five or six of the laurels into a pot, a six or eight inch pot, covers with a polythene bag and they'll root in four or six weeks' time. And they they will be great then in the autumn to put into filling gaps. If you've got if some you, gaps... If something didn't exactly, failed or exactly. didn't perform or as, thick, as intended. Or to thicken up the hedge yeah. in an area. They'd be ideal for that. Great. Um, now, carrots. How to stop carrots from turning green on top from Tony? Well, that's just the sun, the sunlight, Tony. They're coming to the surface of the soil. The seed just isn't deep enough. And if carrots, if the tops of carrots... Uh, get the sunlight they're going to go green like potatoes so you can just mould them up a little bit more if you wish right. just get the with the hoe you can just sco- bring the soil up around the top of the carrot and that'll help to prevent the greening on them it's not going to affect the carrots in that I mean all you do is cut that piece off when right. you're yeah. you know it's not going to affect them to, to so any so it's just that the tops are exposed it just, it's to they're the exposed daylight. to the sunlight that's yeah. all it is uh, so back in underground. Yeah. Um, a white beam tree sowed this spring. There are a lot of holes in the leaves and some are yellow but not sticky. Okay. It, sound, is, it sounds like problem? a little bit of, of caterpillar damage. So again, again, white beam, you know, if it's a, a fairly established tree, I'd just leave it alone, to be honest. Um, you, if you want, you can use, again, something like bug clear or something with pyrethrum in it, which is very safe to use. It's actually quite a good treatment for vegetables as well, if you've got ca- caterpillars, say, mm-hmm. on cabbage or cauliflower or whatever. Um, so that can be applied if it's a, a young tree and you want to kind of bring it back into growth and get rid of the pests that are on it. But it's an established tree, a little bit of pest damage this time of year isn't going to set it back so mature it, tree leave it alone okay. if it's a sm- younger tree you could use something like the bug clear on it to get rid of caterpillars now Mary has scented roses and they are covered in midges so right. she sprayed them with rose spray but they keep coming back now the flowers are rotten and fallen off okay. so is there any way back from this situation of course there is <laughs> of course there is that sounds disastrous no I mean all you do is literally just cut them back so deadhead them Deadhead the roses, cut yeah. off all the old flowers. Take about four or five inches of, of growth off the tops of the shoots. So cut them back to a bud. Give them a good feed of fertiliser and continue with your rose clear. Rose clear should be used maybe once a fortnight this time of year just to keep, particularly in this weather where you've got a lot of uh, um, aphids. Flying things. Yeah, coming around. So deadhead them. This is a, a great example of how roses... When, when the flowers begin to go over mm. or particularly after we get heavy rain they often get spoiled that's the trigger to cut them back don't leave them cut them back and you just get the plant to come it back it thinks it's springtime again and so <laughs> hey ho here we go that's exactly it and with that's the, exactly what happens with, with Mary spraying there would she have sprayed them a little bit too much is that a possibility I don't think so Probably I think I think okay. look at the some of the flowers when you get if you get heavy rain um, the flowers can get spoiled yeah, yeah and, and rot off and that's the trigger just just cut them back take six inches off them good dressing of, of rose fertiliser on them and as soon as the new growth comes use your bit of um, rose rescue or rose clear just to keep them clean Now is it too late to sow spinach and also Tom's carrot leaves have turned brown is this a fungus or root fly? Well it sounds like root fly I mean carrot root fly this is a, this we're right in the time of year mm. for carrot root fly May, June, July is carrot root fruit carrot root fly season and the typical symptoms are uh, orange or browning of the foliage now all Tony needs to do is is to lift one or two of the carrots and have a look at them and you'll see the small maggots burrowing right into the top of the the carrot and the carrot just reacting 
it has a shock system and the, and the foliage starts to go reddish brownish colour so, so my guess is it's carrot it's a carrot root fly but lift a couple of them have a look um, you can get the root fly treatment which is very very safe to use on carrot, carrots at this time of year it's a garlic based um, treatment treatment and you just drench it on and, and really like I said a couple of weeks back I'd use it as a preventative treatment because there's no nasty chemical in it mm. the garlic actually prevents the carrot root fly from you're kind of nipping it in the bud yeah. because once the foliage is, is showing red, reddish or brownish coloration the carrots are obviously well damaged yes. at this stage because it's coming because it's at the root that they're attacking exactly. and it's only showing at that stage up on, the, exactly. up on top the other key thing mm. with, with root crops Potatoes in particular, mm. carrots, uh, parsnips, all the root crops, turnips, is to irrigate them well, wash them well. I know I've said we've had a good bit of rain, but still, it's it hasn't been heavy enough, particularly for heavy crops like potatoes. And probably long enough either. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, so it w- again, if the weather is going to be very warm the next couple of days, if you can put the sprinkler on to your potatoes crop just to give them a good heavy soaking, that would be advisable and don't let it, the um, root crops dry out either. Uh, the other plant they mentioned was spinach. Spinach, so can you yes. Sow spinach? Is it too late No, to no, it? you can still sow it. And remember when you're harvesting spinach, you're, you're picking the young leaves. So sow the seed now. It'll germinate within eight to ten days and by where are we now first week of July by certainly the end of August you'll be picking your first crop of spinach lovely stuff and and you can pick it right into the winter right up until we get the hard frost Uh, and there's many nice varieties baby spinach leaves are quite good to look for Okay, we'll have one more and then we'll take a quick break. Um, can you give us some information on the Canna Indica purple leaf? Well that's the Canna Lily which is a it's a lovely plant it's got um, big Broad leaves. I think quite well. That's well, obviously it's, purple it's, leaves. Sorry. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's not dissimilar to the to yeah. the arum lily, and that. But the the leaves are like the arum lily. They're broad. They're purple in in color. Right. Um, and they tend to have either orange, red, or pink flowers. Now they're they're very decorative plant, uh, but they're not totally frost hardy. Oh, so right. the the sort of plant you plant out at this time of year, they give both foliage and flower color. They'll grow up to three feet, maybe four feet in height. Um, so a very kind of spectacular plant, maybe for the centre of a bed or the centre of a pot for both foliage and flower color. But remember by November, the frost will kill it back and you really need to lift them mm. and store them for the winter. But well worth putting out at this time of year. Now is the time to get them into the garden. Lovely plant. Perfect. Okay, we are going to take that quick little break back in a few moments. Now, I skipped over one accidentally, Porrick, and I want to just get that one in before I uh, forget about it again. Uh, somebody's wondering, what can you recommend the best kind of fertiliser for vegetable raised beds? Right, well, the, the at this time of year, I would be using a liquid feed. I, I presume that the vegetables are growing well at the moment and they just want to give it a, mm. a top up. So, uh, liquid, the Vitex Q4 actually do a very good liquid feed that you can just add to the watering can, pour it onto the to the plants and, and that'll work super on, on all vegetable plants and it's particularly good for suede, turnips, anything in the kind of um, turnip or cabbage family. Right. So Vitex Q4, the liquid form, mix some water and can and just pour it on this pour time of year. But once once every 10 days, once every two weeks is sufficient. Perfect. Keep them going. Now, here we go. Rabbits, rabbits everywhere eating my bedding and they adore my roses. It's a big garden. What can I do? Well, the best the best treatment for plants is, is to use a, a treatment called grazers, which is um, a liquid you can simply mix up again in the sprayer or in a watering can. You apply it to the foliage of the plants you want to protect and the rabbits dislike it. It's It's got calcium in it, so they, they hate the, the taste they're, they're of... They're not a calcium fan. No, and it'll also control hares or pigeons or deer, anything that's gnawing away at plants, mm. the uh, that's grazers. Nib- that's nibbling. Nibbling, nibbling away at plants, yeah. Uh, so just apply the grazers and that'll 
stop them. Now, one of our listeners ha- took your advice and they have the soil ready to sow some lawn seed. The ground is now weed-free, yay, Good. and raked. What lawn seed should they use and have you any other tips? Well, the main thing is is to uh, the fact that they've got rid of the weeds and they've raked it over. Make sure that the soil is good and firm. So tread the soil, walk the soil well um, to tread it down. So when you walk across the lawn before sowing the seed, you might you leave a foot imprint, but you shouldn't sink you know, the soil should be firm underfoot. That's important because it can look level and it mm. can look perfectly smooth. But over time, that lawn will settle. So it should be rain. compact, I suppose, it, really. Yeah, well, not too, you know, you want yeah. it in a way that you leave a footprint, yeah, but, but you're but not, not sinking. Right. So tread it is the best way to do that. And, and you, by by raking it on, on a regular basis, you're going to be treading it anyway. So firming it down. And we'll just watch the edges to make sure it's nice and firm underfoot. Rake the soil over, put in a preceding lawn fertiliser. Now, the fertiliser I mentioned for the lawns, the the um, Parkway, mm. uh, that would be quite good to use for preceding lawns as well. So rake that in and then put on green velvet lawn seed, which is a high quality uh, mixture of, of creeping and, and hard wearing lawn, lawn seed. seed. And they tend to be dwarf, so they don't get too yeah. tall and they grow slowly. Grand. So that's quite a good mix. So it's green velvet, put that on, rake it in and then stand back. And don't worry about an odd, you'll always get a couple of birds feeding on it. Um, but, you know, that's no problem unless you get a, an absolute invasion. But, you know, a couple of birds here and there feeding on the seed is not going to do any reputable damage. And it should germinate in 10 days, 14 days, the seed will be up. So Okay, great. So it's a perfect time to do it. Now, um, this is a good one. Uh, somebody's mother-in-law is coming to visit and they'd like to put some colour into the garden. They're looking for flowers that are in bloom but that will also flower next year and it is, in capital letters, urgent. <laughs> So Brilliant. instant Sorry. flowers, yes, instant please. flowers. Help. Well, Help. what's in flower at the moment? So you've got plants like the lilies are, are in bloom, both the uh, the oriental lilies, the lovely oranges <coughs> and yellows and reds, and also the calla lilies are flowering at the moment. Phlox has just come into flower. You can purchase phlox now, which is just beginning to flower and will give great colour. Um, another lovely plant is penstemon. Um, there's one called Polaris Red, which is a blood red uh, penstemon flower, which flowers this year. It's just coming into flower at the moment and again will we'll flower next year again. Um, lupins, or again, you can buy them in your local garden centre. They give you lovely colour at the moment. So any of the kind of cottage garden plants would be good uh, to put in to, to, to the garden now. And they'll be in flower at the moment. We'll flower till possibly for, for at least another couple of weeks, maybe right. up to the end of August, uh-huh. and then come back into flower next, next year again. Year. So I would go for that kind of cottage garden range. Um, there are lots of them are just coming into flower at the moment. So the phlox, the lupins, delphiniums, um, the lilies the that I mentioned, any of those would be really good. Okay, and a listener also has a, a specific question regarding the calla lilies. They're wondering, are there any other colours available? They have the white type, but it grows well for them. Yeah, you can also get them in yellow and you can get them. There's a lovely um, purpley red. It's got the colour of wine. Ooh. That really rich red. And it's one called Captain Reno, R-E-N-O. Right. So look for that one. That's that's a really rich, kind of a chocolatey purple. Uh, it's it's literally the colour of wine, or red wine. And it's a really nice one. So dark foliage, um, that kind of lovely. And it's actually a really nice one that'll contrast well with the white. Oh yeah, that so sounds lovely. So if you've already got the white. So Captain Reno, look for that one. What's the best thing to do with the rockets that have finished flowering and gone into seed? Oh, that's that's sweet rocket. Beautiful. It's, a, it's often grown as a weed. It's a weed, really. It's. Um, do you know the plant? Sweet rocket. Uh, no, is it like is it like rocket peppery rocket like it, the vegetable it's a tall, salad plant? It's, it's a tall no. plant. Yeah. 
Uh, it comes in a kind of a lovely purple shade or white shade. It's a, it's a wildflower that grows along uh, roadways, but there's a fantastic scent of it. Really, really strong, rich, sweet scent of it. Sweet rocket, it's often called, or the rocket plant. Um, it's flowering for the last six weeks, and it's yes, it's going out of flower now. So what you can do to get it to reflower next year, you can either let some of the plants go to seed and collect the seed from them in August mm. and sow that seed yourself, or it'll self-seed anyway, or you can cut them back to about by half, remove all the seed heads and those plants will regrow again. You'll probably even get some flower at the end of this summer, summer. Oh. from them again and um, you know you just trigger them back into grow, growth again. So either collect some seed in August from them or else cut them back now, let them reshoot again and you get some flower off them. They'll also root from little cuttings as well so it's that kind of a really easy Okay, and I suppose, if, well, not taking from it or anything, but if it grows on the side of the road, it must be fairly, you know, it's kind of one of those self-growing kind of growing ones, isn't it? <laughs> it is, yeah, it's easy to grow. It's self-seeds. <laughs> the seeds fall to the ground and it just keeps going on and on, yeah, yeah. next generation. Okay, <laughs> moving on. But it's, it's a nice, it's a plant that people would remember maybe from their youth, and I suppose it's Basically. been cleaned out of a lot of gardens because right. people would have seen it as weed. But actually when you see it in flower and, and the scent of it, when you get yeah. a big cluster of them together, we actually had it on the... Um, last year on our bloom garden in uh, Love Letter to the West, West we only used yeah. some of the sweet rocket in the garden um, you know so it's, a, so it's it's associated with the west of Ireland beautiful sweet scented plant Now can you suggest a remedy for blue bottles and black flies on my windowsill you suggested something before so these are the plants that have the scent yeah, they're, they're, and the one I mentioned in particular was uh, the Eau de Cologne Mint. So that's Mint Eau de Cologne. Look for that. Um, it's the foliage and the scent of the leaves. Any flies, blue bottles, midges, uh, any of the black flies dislike it. Now you can also make it into, you can diffuse it into uh, hot water. So pick the leaves, crush them up, put them into a, a little canister of hot water and then spray that onto the windowsill. And again, that you're just getting the scent um, and, and it drives the, the flies mad. They'll move out of the house very very quickly. The scent is fantastic. It's a beautiful eau de cologne as the name suggests. It was used originally to for, to make perfume as mm. the base for perfume until we got into the chemical area. Yeah, so um, so it's it's a really nice plant to grow in the garden anywhere or in the house anywhere. It'll grow in a windowsill and as I say, you can crush the leaves every now and again and just the smell of it keeps, keeps, the, the, keeps, them keeps the bugs away. And you have the lemon geranium as well? The lemon scented geranium is also yeah. a really good plant for that. Um, so again, either of the two, particularly in a bright windowsill at this time of year, because you've got the high temperatures, they tend to excrete the royals and the scent comes off the plants and both are very highly scented and they're they're um, they're available at this time of year. New potatoes have brown spots. Angela has a problem. You'd often get that with 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 the first early potatoes, a little bit of um, scab on the the surface of the skin. There's nothing wrong with the potatoes. The potatoes, once you boil them, that will actually disappear. Oh, right. So don't worry about it. Just put them into the pot. Not going to do any them. harm. No, no. And we're coming up to the time of year <coughs> where new potatoes now people should be checking them to see. You know, just de- lift a couple of them, the stalks, just to see uh, is there anything worthwhile picking. So over the next two to three weeks, particularly those that have planted them, say back in, in the early spring. Yeah. Um, well, actually, I have a question here just in relation to that part. Um, potatoes that were sown on the 20th of March, great. Uh, they're starting March, to die yeah. back and the listener is wondering, are they ready to use? Yeah, well, once once early potatoes start to flower, that's the trigger to start checking them. So once you see them in bloom, and lots of them have been flowering for the last two to three weeks, So and, and once they finish flowering, the foliage starts to die back. Mm. So this is probably a real sign. So take out your garden fork, lift a few of them, see if they're beginning to 
are they worthwhile picking are they good size if they're not just leave the, the stalks alone for another couple of weeks but we're coming up to the time of year now to start checking them, them. Um, you, you see the Wexford predators for example on sale now yes. the home guards are being sold at the moment on the uh, side of the road yet. yeah no they're there they're on the side yeah. of the road alright there so for the last two weeks so that's a sure indication we want to be checking ours Will hibiscus plants grow out of doors here in Mayo? My sister has a lovely blue form growing in Dublin and it's covered in blooms and it's a beautiful sight. Yes, it will in a, in a shelter. Well, hibiscus, first of all, it's um, a lovely plant. It's got um, kind of trumpet-shaped flowers. There's a blue variety called chiffon blue and there's a, a collection of hardy hibiscus called the chiffon range. They're worth growing. So it makes a shrub, I suppose five, six feet in height. In a sheltered garden, it might grow up to seven or eight feet in height. Mm. Um, flowers the whole summer long, so they're just beginning to flower now, and they'll flower right through to, again till October. So well worth growing. So that's hibiscus, chiffon, or look for chiffon blue if you want. It's kind of a lavender blue. Quite big flowers, produces them en masse. It's a bit like the mallow plant, the lavateria. It flowers like that um, and makes a nice shrubby plant. So well worth planting and a good time to plant hibiscus in the garden. So look for the hardy varieties. There is an indoor uh, hibiscus as well, the red, the more ornamental varieties, which won't grow out of doors, but there is the hardy chiffon hibiscus varieties. Look for those and they're available in different colours at the moment. Now, uh, a listener planted cottage flowers last year. They're doing good, but the weeds are starting to overpower them. Is there anything they can do? <laughs> well, it's just a, ma- it's a matter of, of getting <laughs> ho, out there. Ho, ho. Oh, yeah, exactly. And just weeding them now. And, and uh, you know, and I suppose the listener is describing exactly the, probably chickweed here in particular, which spreads very, very quickly. quickly. I mean, you could look at the bed today and there might be a few little weeds and come back a week later and they've spread so rapidly. So it is a case of getting out there and taking out any weeds, um, you know, hold them out, pull them out, get rid of them now before, because they, they'll continue to be a problem over the next couple of weeks. And they're beginning to seed go to flower and seed so you're only allowing the next generation for next year you know so you're it's it's, it's very hi- highly advisable to get out there particularly in this sort of weather you get rid and, of them very quickly and deal with them is the Sinetii plant an annual or does it come back again next year well you treat it as an annual Sinetii is, is that lovely plant that flowers it's been in flower since April mm-hmm. it's got daisy like flowers um, and makes a great show of colour right through to the autumn but really you treat it as an annual now if you took it in for the into the into a greenhouse or a tunnel yes you could protect it and, and bring it on for a second year but really we treat it as an annual so you would treat it say like a geranium plant you mm. can either leave it out and let it flower away and just die at the end of the summer yeah. Or you could take cuttings from it and propagate those cuttings and keep those over through the winter period, protect them from frost. If you protect it from frost, I suppose is what I'm saying, yeah. it'll come back the following year. Okay, so it's not frost resistant really. That's it's the, not frost yeah. resistant, it's frost sensitive. Yeah, it'll die if you leave it out for the winter. And most people just leave them, let them flower and get a few small plants again the following spring. Or try a few cuttings if you wish. Yep. Uh, and, but they do, yeah, they're, they're a great oh, flower. They're, they're, they're it's great. a great spectacular. Yeah, and and if they colour. go over, if they go out of flower, which yeah. sometimes they do if we get a bit of poor weather, just trim them back, take off the old flower heads, and then, give them a couple of quick liquid feeds mm. and you'll bring them back into flower again. Now, I have a plum tree four years old. It's never flowered. What can I do? Well, that's not surprising with plums. Plums can not, they can, as long as the tree is healthy, growing well, which it probably is, lots of good growth on it, um, leave it alone until, uh, plums can often take five, six years before they settle down down and flowering and particularly if you've got really good fertile soil they do lots of growing now we are coming up to the time for pruning plum trees mm. and again all that whippy growth that they've made over the last two or three months you can shorten that back so you can if they've made say three foot of growth shorten it back by about 18 inches give it a, a bit of potash as well suffer a potash and those two things will slow down the growth and help it to induce it into flowering for next year 
So it's not uncommon for, for plums to actually grow for five, six, seven years before they settle down to fruiting. So they like to get, they like, to get like their teenage years. That's fair enough. For get it out of their all system. a bit like that. Exactly. Um, now, a listener has a problem with caterpillars. They've started on the cabbages. What can we do? Well, you want to just keep an eye on on on, uh, on all plants. I mean, caterpillars are, are going to be knocking around now for the next couple of weeks. So you, you've got a couple of options. Um, you can either net the cabbages before the white butterfly before gets at them. them yeah. um, it's a bit late in this case. Or you can use one of the safe sprays uh, used for caterpillars. So there's one that Bugclear do for fruit and vegetables, which you can spray today and you can eat the crop tomorrow. Yep. So that'll eliminate. The other thing, you can just pick them off. Well, you could. Pick off the caterpillars. I mean, they're, if they're not too heavy, you can yeah. just take them off the plants. But certainly take take action one way or the other because they're going to destroy the plants within a couple of days. They'll make a right mess of the cabbage plants. Very last question for you this morning. Uh, and we're going to end with roses. How much stem do you take when you're deadheading the roses? You take six to eight inches. So you, you what you do is you prune the old flower back to a healthy bud. So just follow the stem back. Wherever you see a bud begin to stick out, that's where you prune it, prune back to. So about six inches uh, of stem and the old flower, take all that off, put some fertilizer, a good handful of the sudden impact fertilizer around the base. Mm-hmm. And then as they come, kick back into growth, that's then when you put on your, your rose clear. And you continue to do that right through August, September. The more you deadhead them back, the more you stop them, take off the old flowers, the more they'll start to grow, the more they'll start to flower. Okay, so that is really the trick. That's the trick to keep them flowering, yeah. And on that note, I'm afraid we'll have to draw things to a close, close. for the moment. Until September, but September until, 6th, yeah. I'm back again. I'm on uh, Ireland AM next, uh, on TV, Ireland AM, yeah, next Friday. Uh, so again, if you tune in, I haven't decided what I'm going to do yet. Okay, well, <laughs> just have to realise that. Have a few that. days to, to so, think about uh, that. Yeah, but join me. I'm on at uh, eight, eight, half eight, I think, uh, next Friday morning on Ireland AM. Okay, and we look forward to talking to you again in September. September six. Enjoy already, the summer. Okay, <laughs> thanks very much indeed, Porrick. Uh, that's my lot for this morning. Do stand by, as we said. Michael Neary is out and about. It's Ballina, destination Ballina for uh, country classics after ten o'clock this morning, and the in. Humbert's Footsteps Festival. I hope I have that right. Uh, anyway, Michael and Noel and the gang there. Stand by. News is on the way next. I'm back next Saturday just after seven. Until then, have a great weekend. Good morning.